Well, g'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, Adrian Orr versus the Banks. Uh, this has got to stop, doesn't it? I think that's what Mike wants to happen. He wants it to stop. He also wants people to stop treating the Trump so unfairly in the news. Uh, is it okay to park on the boom? Or verge, as I would prefer. And uh, Avalanche uh, sells out in Australia. But before any of that, Stan Walker, back in the studio. Wouldn't have ever made it this far without you. So you knew you had the gene, yeah. Therefore, you knew you would at some point have to do something about it. Yeah. Did that sit heavily with you? Did that sort of sit in the back of your mind all the time? Nah, I think because we've seen it so many times, and to be honest, I've seen more death than life uh, earlier yeah. when I was younger, but because it's, we can prevent it from happening now. Yeah, but to, to, to prevent it is, is, ma- is major. It's not like it they're is. putting a sticking plaster on it. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, jeez, that's going to hurt. But I was like, oh, I'm going to be skinny. Like, these are like, I have to think, like, kind of dumb yeah. so that it doesn't affect me. And that's how I've always thought. And I just didn't think it was actually going to happen. <laughs> and so when it did, what happened to you physically that they said, we've got to do something now? Um, when, my mu- when my mum told me, I honestly, we laughed. I was like, oh, that's trippy. And we just kind of laughed. Because I was just like, oh, it had to be you and me, eh, mum? Yeah. It had to be us two. It didn't quite, like, hit me how serious it was until they told me how much cancer was in there. And that I would have been dead by, like, December. Because because I know how fast our cancer moves. It moves real quick. Mm. And it spreads like salt. Once it goes into um, your lymph nodes, you're done. Yeah. Like, there's no coming back from it. It's like... Just how long you got to live now wow. <clears throat> And I didn't realise I just It didn't hit me Even though I've been through it So many times That's a good way to be though <laughs> yeah, I mean you must be grateful That that's the way you are Because I mean yeah. I, would, I would have packed up And gone home <laughs> Having said all of that But with the compli- were, were there difficult times With the complications That you got down Or were you going to see it through And you were okay with it all along I never feared once I never got scared once And I never Um Felt sorry for me once. Jeez, I tell you what, um, when Stan came in, I did not even recognise him. He's a different looking guy, but it all sounds amazing. Um, now, uh, Adrian or uh, Mike also finds him amazing, but I think for different reasons. Oh, she get nasty. I note that Grant Robertson weighed in yesterday, finance minister. He is urging the financial sector and regulators to listen to each other and not fight over this bank. So this is the, the Reserve Bank. Uh, the ANZ um, up in the ante, of course, if you're following this particular story, this is the um, the amount of money that banks need to store. They don't like it. The Reserve Bank wants it. And there's a lot of argy-bargy going on there at the moment. The ANZ, uh, despite their problems around HISCO, have said, look, they'll be reviewing operations. So that's a threat that they're packing up and leaving town. I don't for one moment suspect they'll actually do it. But nevertheless, it's um, required the finance minister to weigh on in and maybe bang a few heads together. It's going to be fascinating. Here's what I think. Or's overstepped the mark here in a major way. The banks don't like it, and they don't like it for very, very, very good reasons. Jacinda Ardern, when I asked her, she was typical of her. She didn't have an opinion or a decision or an idea or anything. But the government might have to step in here because it might well be that Adrian Orr is one of those people who goes, you know what, I've decided, so we're going to do it come hell or high water. And I'm not necessarily sure it's good for the New Zealand economy. That stuff's all above my pay grade. I don't really understand banks. I don't understand the Reserve Bank. I don't understand Adrian Orr. I don't really understand anything that Mike just said.
What he doesn't understand is why the media is so mean to the Trump family. Listen, if you want an example of how hypocritical people have become and how bad a loser the liberals and the left, especially in America, have become, have a look at how Ivanka Trump has been treated this week. There's a video doing the rounds. In it is Theresa May, Emmanuel Macron and Christine Lagarde of the IMF. They're at last week's G20 in Osaka, right? Joining the group is Ivanka Trump. She tries to contribute to the conversation. The look that Lagarde gives her, the derision, the sheer contempt is a sight to behold. And it was that look, along with Trump's general presence, that has gone around the world and landed on the desks of every liberal media outlet going who have taken it and spent the last couple of days lambasting her, rubbishing her, running her down, insulting her and her family. An exercise in just sheer nastiness, a display of mocking and open contempt that somehow is supposed to pass for dialogue or debate or discourse these days. And in the exchange is all that is wrong with the world at the moment. These, generally speaking, are the same people who have spent countless hours arguing for equal rights, the Me Too movement, every passing cause and current social itch has been scratched by these people. We need to be kindler and gentler, more caring, more inclusive. Uh, This is the clarion call of the left, until, of course, it's someone they don't like. Then it's gloves off, teeth out, and it's all on the bear pit. What's so remarkable about it, and don't be fooled into thinking this is new, they've been doing this ever since Trump got elected, this is just the latest, most glaring example, but what's so remarkable about it is they don't seem to see the irony. They they can't be on board enough for, for every woke cause, every charitable pitch, every new age grievance, but remain completely blind to the vicious, glaringly biased, totally uncensored venom spout at the moment their causes, their outlooks, and their desires don't dovetail. The irony of the clip I saw was it was on MSNBC, one of America's more liberal cable networks, and a network that ironically is trailing badly to Fox these days, a more conservative operator, who now sits, according to the latest rating, so far ahead of the competition, including CNN, it's starting to be embarrassing. So far ahead, I'm astounded, actually, that executives at the networks with little audience haven't worked out that being openly derisive just for the sake of it is not a good business model and doesn't draw a crowd. Christine Lagarde might not have to answer for her behaviour, but people in the media looking for an audience tend to have to. But if you haven't seen it, go look. And when you look, ask yourself whether that's the level and standard of debate, discourse and treatment we should be aspiring to in 2019. And given it isn't, how disappointed are you? Especially when there are real issues to be debated, like whether or not it's okay to park on the verge. And I will keep saying verge, I am not a boom-sayer. Geez, boss is angry about the booms this morning. You see when he came in, oh, my talk about trying to ruin the show. In he comes. So sometimes, like, one blood vessel will pump mm. on the foot. But all of them. Like, they were all going. I, there were places where I didn't even know that you here's had your blood classic. vessels. Here's your classic. So here's, here's your problem with old Jace. So Jace comes and he's a boom parker because he's a low renter, basically. So people who I've park on booms. I've always thought, I bet you're a low-down, dirty boom parker. And he turns out to be a boom parker. And not only is he a boom parker, but he's a defender of boom parking. He's an enthusiast of parking on the boom. And he's also, and you know what I'm going to say next, the sort of person who parks on the boom and encourages people to park on the boom and loves parking on the boom is the same person who sometimes mows the boom, sometimes doesn't, because it's not my boom, it's the council's. But he mows the boom, but do you know what he doesn't do? Doesn't trim the fringe. Doesn't trim the fringe. And so he's got this disgusting grass over the edge of his edge of his footpath going into the stormwater drain. I said, get your still out. Why aren't you getting your still out? Trim the fringe. And he's going, I'm not getting my still out. I'm not doing that. It's not mine, and I'll park where I want. That's what you're dealing with. Well, he's shortchanging himself the joy of... Couldn't agree more. Anyone who's whipped, whipped open, while well, you do electric, I do the oh, pull the, the cord with the petrol. The electric is just... I do the petrol. It's like a knife through butter, mate. I, I, uh, 
But You've got Jace, to give it a go. Jace, You've got just, to try that. He just electric. wants to grow down a storm on a drain and then come in and bother us. And you know the other issue as well, if he's a low-down, dirty boom parker. What's that? He's got mud spatters all up the side of his car, isn't he? That's you true. Know it, this time it's of year. Right. You know it. He's not a car washer either. Jeez, I tell you what, don't get me started on old Jace. We go down that particular track. We go down that rabbit hole. Oh, you're talking about Jace. I didn't know we were naming names. (laughs) (laughs) Back up the track. Nothing uh, but the utmost respect for a person who pays me. Uh, We're going to finish up here uh, with some great hot chocolate news. I know, it's not something I say every day. All the ins and the outs. It's the biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. So an example this morning over just how powerful social media can be for business. So we've got a Kiwi company called Avalanche Coffee. It makes a hot chocolate that is 99% sugar-free. Actually, it just reminds me, I've got some very interesting figures out of Britain uh, about Rod talking about obesity, and I'll do that later on. Anyway, so sorry, Avalanche Coffee makes a hot chocolate, 99% sugar-free, made with natural sweetener um, stevia, uh, only has 6% of the calories of sugar, but 70% of the sweetness. Sydney Influencer, who's got 31,000 Instagram followers, is that an influencer? 31,000 people, for goodness sake. This show, like, for example, has got 400,000 people listening to it, right? 400,000 people and some some... Some person in Sydney's got 31. Anyway, they posted, they went, ooh, I love this drink, or something like that. And then since then, it's been flying off the shelves of the supermarkets. Woolworths and Coles have sold out. And it's been such a hit that Avalanche have now air freighting that stock to Australia every day since the original post was back back June 21st. And then I brought up the banana-flavoured one and suggested that that might cause chaos if we got out about that. But you can't seem to get that anymore. There definitely was one. I've seen pictures of it on the internet. It was called Banana Bonanza. But they don't seem to... So if anybody's got stockpiles of that, can you send it to me? Because uh, my kids heard about it and they wanted it and I said I'd get it for them and then I couldn't find it anywhere. Anyway, I am Glenn ZB. Always ends on food or drink or something, doesn't it? Uh, that was the rewrap. Uh, I wonder how it'll end tomorrow for the Friday one. Let's find out tomorrow. I'll see you then. Would have ever made it through the night But you shine so bright Ha <laughs> ha, that is too good.